Hello, you're listening to Trendlines, where we reject the headlines and follow the trendlines. Hi, I'm Tana. And I'm Nate. We're the founders, hosts, and producers of Trendlines. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to join the trendsetters on Instagram and Facebook at Trendlines Podcast and on Twitter at Trendlines Pod. You guys, let's remember why Nate and I started this podcast in the first place. So Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have just been projected winners of the all-important, all-consuming presidential election. And we were Mm -hmm. just ecstatic and relieved. And Nate and I had wanted to find something to work on together for years now, actually. And so in the middle of a pandemic, we decided that our conversations were just so fascinating that the public <laughs> deserved to, <laughs> to eavesdrop. So Trendlines was born. Do not remember whose idea it was. I'm gonna, forever, it? I'm gonna forever say it was your idea because you are such the entrepreneur and always have these off the wall crazy ideas that <laughs> are so smart and so ahead of their time. So. Um, thank you. And okay. I'm so excited that we got to do this together. And we really did this our own way. We chose topics we cared about and wanted to learn more about, invited our friends on to share their views and generally just did whatever we wanted to do. <laughs> but the response has been amazing. We are, however, taking a hiatus before we return for season two. So it made sense to recap our phenomenal rocket ship trajectory first season so let's get right down to it our first episode was a new day where we were just absolutely freaking stoked that joe biden and kamala harris were going to be our next president and vice president nate and i at the time i mean nate you still are but we were both people of color living in the south and the culture shift was real and it was scary and so much hinged on this election And I, (laughs) we can laugh about it now, but I mean, in the lead up to the election, Nate, I don't know if you know this, but I was cutting my hair every week, about an inch. (laughs) I had hair, I had hair down my back. um, And I ended up with just at my shoulder, because I just wanted to feel something. (laughs) I just wanted to control something. And thank God the election was called when it was because your girl could probably not pull off a pixie cut, so it needed to end. Right, that right. was our first episode, remember? Where we were just like, oh my God, thank I, God. I love that energy, and mm-hmm. I think we even called it episode zero, actually. I forgot which have. one was which. Yeah. But I remembered, like, we started out so optimistic and so positive, and then we realized the Democrats don't know what to do next, and the Republicans are very much in the same boat. And we um, identified ourselves as proud centrist, really wanted to grow mm-hmm. the center, not too liberal, not too conservative, not too blue, not too red, just purple. <laughs> and we were, we, right. we were so proud of that, remember? I think I said something so freaking patronizing. I think I was like, I consider myself an RVG Democrat, you know? They fight for things and then do it in a way that people want to join you. And so in the spirit of Bidenship, Hashtag coin that. <laughs> In the spirit of Bidenship, we really did want to work with the GOP and were actively interested in that. Remember? We were so young. So, yeah. so cute. So cute. Yeah. And, you know, there's some interesting stats on, Are you? do you follow homegrown terrorists on Instagram? Like in general? Like No, like it's an actual, no, no, it's an, it's an actual handle, like for real. 
No, I don't follow Homegrown Terrace on Instagram. I, I think I should. Okay, so on season it. two, on season two, <laughs> we will have to get into that because there's something okay. that we need to get into with Republicans and some stats and who believes Absolutely. what. So, right. um, but yeah, so next we really got into our personal lives. We were trying to test the audience to see what y'all care more about did you love right. politics or did you just want to know who we are and covid and dating was our third episode and i lucked out honestly started virtually dating at the start <laughs> of the pandemic you really truly did you really and nailed it thank you and still in that relationship today so all is well and looking good on that front and sauna is always a party when it comes to dating and love so she shared some really great stories and some embarrassing stories you were quite candid i've had some really crappy dates um just at the start of the pandemic and a little bit into it and um i had just started thinking that i maybe was ready to you know date again and then of course we have this pandemic right but the the single worst date i've ever been on was an attempt at a date um, in early pandemic. However, I will say that it's been it's been fun since then. And if anybody wants an update, I'm currently eating, and hopefully it doesn't translate to the audio, <laughs> me just chomping down. <laughs> but I'm going to immortalize this one particular date where someone brought me like a little bucket of peanut butter cups, which is my all-time favorite thing. Mm. So I mean, the dates have been going well. So we're, you know, we're, we might be at a bit of an upswing. So that's good. I'm excited. So after the pod, we should, yeah, after this, we should catch up independently and like plan out what we do next. Because that was one Mm -hmm. at the time that was our most popular podcast. Oh my god! I was, I was so upset about that because (laughs) the goal was to get into the numbers, get into the facts, and you know, have some really meaty, socially relevant content. And apparently, our dating lives is much more interesting yeah people just wanted to know are you single what are you looking for the feedback on that was unbelievable i think to this day correct me if i'm wrong nate that's the one that people really were like wanting to know more and wanting to know more stories and being like can i set you up with so and so and it's like no thanks (laughs) no thank you and you know i think that was the episode that we upgraded our technology and just fyi all that technology we bought broke so me and sana <laughs> are back on like basic cell phone recording technology right. and mm-hmm. you know it's more fun and natural this way but trust and believe season two i'm gonna replace my garbage microphone that broke and try this differently but and i'm not gonna hear the difference because i'm not an audiophile the way you're an audiophile it's it's critical yeah it's a big deal to me yeah. so i'm excited to revisit that but I think I'll let you t- handle the next few episodes. I think we had our biggest disagreement over the, the design of this series because we were in the middle of designing our look and our theme and our colors. And it was a struggle story, but I love some, where we ended up. Yeah, yeah, we sent some graphic art back and forth for a while um, to get this. So just as, you know, we we're really wanting to make this a podcast that focused heavily on the data and y'all were just wanting to know if we were single. (laughs) We made a hard return back to data and substance and policy. And we did a threes episode arc of dropping a pin 
Um, and we did episode four with a Democrat, episode five with an independent, episode six with a Republican. And we asked them different questions. We asked them what was really motivating them, what issues they were really keen on highlighting, emphasizing. And honestly, we learned a lot. They're all friends of ours or friends of one, you know, one or both of us. And episode four, our Democrat was actually our good pal, Rona Rose who talked a lot about representation, food deserts in America and healthcare and the importance of highlighting that. I thought that was great. And then Nate, you brought along Nick yes. Thomas. Yes, Nick, my fellow Gabber mm-hmm. fellow. We traveled to <laughs> Egypt together, traveled yeah. America with Egyptians together. And he is an independent and a quite well-read independent and really opened our eyes and my so, eyes really. So brilliant. So right. brilliant. He I just dropped so the much. words like RCV. We're like, no, 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 bring, bring that back. What is RCV? And ranked We're choice Tracy voting. We're Wisconsin. Break it down. You know, and New York no. has already adopted this. And this is probably going to be the next wave of equity in our political process, in my humble opinion. So I hope we can come back to that topic in season two. And last but not least, Sana was like, we need a Republican. And I was like, do we? we? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did just because, you know, I like to close things out sort of neatly. And if we're going to do a Democrat and and an Independent, we should do a Republican. But we definitely had some conditions on the Republican. Um, This was before you know, the insurrection and all, but we were pretty clear, no QAnon folks off the bat. Um, I don't need anyone who supported the Muslim ban. I don't need anyone who has a problem with BLM movement. Like None of that. Can we find a humane, compassionate, principled conservative that still identifies as a Republican? Because Nate, you and I know a lot of former Republicans who've become independents or Democrats over the last three or four years. But who oh is gosh. a principled conservative who is still a card-carrying member of the Republican Party? You guys, we looked high and low. <laughs> we, we looked did. For so I, long. I was on Reddit. I was on Facebook forums, and <laughs> we were tweeting at strangers. We were, like, we were trying to find a person because we didn't know anybody. Like I right. know Republicans, but I'm thinking, and I'm pretty confident in this that they voted and supported President Trump even after he lost. So that was one of our conditions right there. But um, shout out to Chris Michaels. He is a proud Republican and really broke it down and really broke down like his view of the foundation of the party and kind of how they've strayed way away (laughs) from that. So So things have happened since then. So the insurrection happened next. Sana, you had to coax me into this because I was annoyed (laughs) at the world and talking about it was equally challenging, but I'm so glad we did it. You were like, we have to capture this moment just because it's a moment and Mm -hmm. we'll regret not doing this later. So just thanks to you for forcing this episode to happen because we didn't have time to process things happened the very next day that would have added more complexity to the story but um i'll let you break that down because you were so well said i felt strongly about doing this because you know we were kids on 9 11 right and new york city is my hometown and dc is my adopted hometown i've been here for years now and here i was you know in texas Um, And I knew I'd be back in D.C. eventually, and it was early January, and I was excited about, you know, heading back soon. Um, 
And then watching these images, it was the second time my hometown has been attacked by terrorists. And it was shocking and deeply enraging. And on this episode, if you guys haven't heard it, I recommend it. Um, just know that there's a lot of gravity to it. Um, we recapped, you know, hour by hour what had happened. And we talked about the lack of security and the ramifications 20 years after 9-11, which is the terrorist attack in New York I'm referencing. People can just walk into the Capitol with all of what we've spent and all of our political capital, our financial capital, our messaging around being secure and the bastion of freedom. People can just walk right into it and, and sabotage it that way. And people calling for the, the execution of our vice president and speaker of the house. It was terrifying. And the images of the Confederate flag in the halls of our capital are going to be used to recruit for quite some time. And where I was in the South, you know, there was an active Klan chapter that I can only imagine how they felt. And so we needed to capture this moment, even if our responses were just shell-shocked. Mm -hmm. I thought it was important to capture that as two people in an increasingly diverse, increasingly progressive America watching these buildings be treated the way that they are by the people who purport to care about the country and freedom. And it, it was very strange. And we know that, you know, Joe Biden's predecessor was impeached for a second time. I don't think we need to say his name anymore. Um, nope, nope. So there was a lot happening right in the mm -hmm. middle of that. So this was, I know I had to coax you. And so after that, I felt that I needed to take a hard <laughs> left somewhere too. <laughs> And I called you and I said, hey, buddy, if you haven't watched Bridgerton, could you please binge it so we could do an episode? And how do you feel? Do you feel, are you glad we did that episode? I loved Bridgerton, <laughs> first of all. And second so of all. 87 million American households <laughs> right. in the first and, month. And I'm happy to report, I'm looking at our stats. That is our most listened to podcast <laughs> of all time. <laughs> by like a significant oh, margin. So funny. And People it was don't also care part... about the substance, Nate. They just want to know: Are we single? And who we think is hot? <laughs> well, and I think too, just breaking this down to the listeners, that was our shortest podcast as well. So huh. there might okay. be some lessons learned. They want quick, dirty culture, and <laughs> that mm -hmm. wasn't anything I expected. But I love breaking that down. It was really interesting because we got to talk about race and the monarchy and I yes. really don't yeah. enjoy watching period dramas because African Americans are either completely absent or right. completely discarded or completely just in servitude and I I know enough about history that I don't need to relive that on X Y or Z show but Bridgerton even though it was a little bit unbelievable, just flipped the entire script on where minorities fit within um, the monarchy. Um, yeah. Well, that, this is more so just high society, but it was really exciting. And Shonda just continues to deliver. She and does. I will let you speak on the deliciousness of Bridgerton's cast, because I know you had a hard crush <laughs> on a few of the leading men. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, yes, the Duke of Hastings is exactly what he is. And, you know, if you saw that scene with the spoon, then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, go figure it out. Um, 
But also, it's come out in the news that he was passed over for another role where he would have played Superman's grandfather, Clark Kent. He was passed over for the role because the producers didn't think it would be believable that Superman's grandfather was Black. And I was just like, I don't care if you are trying to cast a Martian. If, <laughs> if this man <laughs> auditions, put him in everything. This is the most handsome guy that has been on screen. And again, some 80 something million households just fawned over him. I will also say all the women are stunningly beautiful. And the jar horse for me was Benedict Bridgerton. So I'm excited for that season that focuses on him. Um, it's been renewed for a few more seasons. Shonda's going to work her magic. And also on this episode, we talked a lot about um, how Hollywood is not just talking the talk, but walking the walk on representation in major um, movies and TV shows and just generally how they're amping that up. So that was really great to get into a little bit. But no, no kidding. Like this episode was us just like talking about how hot these <laughs> people are. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll do it again. 10 10. We'll do it again. Exactly. And the next episode was kind of another shift on our topic coverage. And Sana and I really acknowledged between ourselves that we were dealing with mm-hmm. a lot of COVID grief and stress yeah. and anxiety. And it creeps into your relationships, it creeps into your family dynamics, it creeps into how you operate in society. And I think we can all agree that we're still dealing with the repercussions of isolation, quarantining, pandemics, Mm -hmm. vaccine, vaccination scares, exposure, like all these words that we've never had in our vocabulary before are just normal. And so um, I'm really wanting to get back to this sauna in season two, when we'll knock on wood that we can maybe be outside without masks and not be fearful mm-hmm. for our lives and look back at this and see right. like what what ha- what has this done to our psyche and you know you said it best like get on therapy apps find support you will probably need it if you just look at episode seven being about the insurrection which was so heavy and had a real dark center of gravity and then followed by episode eight which was just frivolous and fun then you can tell that we are a little bit all over the place and probably not okay and i am one of the people who has lost a family member in this pandemic and there has just been a lot of different types of losses as well and there's grief all around us and i think that it was really important for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to do that event the night before their inauguration where they honored all of the Americans who had lost their lives. And I didn't realize because, I mean, we just hadn't gotten it for, you know, four years, but that kind of empathy for all Americans emanating from that leadership position Mm -hmm. meant so much to me. And I was taken aback by how much it meant to me. I was taken aback by how much I had needed it and not known how much I'd needed it. So I know that the Biden administration immediately came in with, you know, a COVID relief bill and there's a lot of other things in the works, but on the day to day, you know, you guys, we have to be mindful. We have to do self-care. We have to check up on our friends and family and be there for ourselves. And you're right, Nate, we did talk a lot about the stats. There's a lot of virtual therapy apps. Um, There's a lot of low cost and um, free sessions and services available so 
we definitely put out some resources on that episode for people to check out. So I hope everyone does that because it's really, really important. Um, and we just have to be there for each other. This is, this is insane. Mm -hmm. It's insane. It stays, it remains insane. Um, and pretending it's normal is I think not healthy. So I'm going to give you a drum roll so you can kick off our last episode coverage. I don't know if you, can you hear this? <laughs> I can. Oh my gosh. Episode 10, The Poison Rose. <laughs> the Bachelor, the show, this, this, this behemoth, right, had their first Black Bachelor, which I think is a little ridiculous that it took so long, but whatever. And holy moly there was so much controversy on this season and i watched the bachelor i think it's um sort of like mental junk food but nate you don't watch it but somehow this controversy made its way to you like it was on your social media and it was on your feed and your friends who don't watch it at all either we're talking about it um there was some uh pretty big changes at the end of the season the host chris harrison lost his job the couple, Matt, this uh, black guy, and the girl that he chose at the end, Rachel, she's a white girl, they broke up over it because she had, you know, gone to a plantation party and had posted some photos where, I don't think she was, but people in the photo were wearing, you know, Confederate flags and things like that. Um, and so it just ended up being this crazy, like the whole season was completely eclipsed by this controversy, which you know it's sucks. and just Everybody. complete side note they had a diversity coach on the show and, yeah and, and yeah. this happened so <laughs> this it's happened. just it was phenomenal and you're exactly right it was i saw the video of chris defending rachel and it was so upsetting and i was like what is he talking about what is going on why is the bachelor important right now and right, yeah. I called you and you gave me the download and I was like, he's going to lose his job. He's going to lose his job. And a week later, he took a hiatus. And a few months later, we have Piers Morgan and we have um, the Osbournes. Mm -hmm. And so we should pick that up later because this idea of cancel culture is something that um, we feel a little different on. But I think we can meet in the middle on like people need room to grow and I'm less graceful to celebrities because this is the life that they are living and the public opinion is how they are a celebrity. But I do hear the importance of giving people chances to grow and I'm still waiting for that right example <laughs> to, to rear yeah. its head, but I'm hopeful. And cancel culture is is, difficult because it encompasses so many things right like there is such a thing as justice culture and accountability culture that are really important differentiators too mm -hmm. um but i could argue every element of the cancel culture debate to be honest with you because i have seen for example in this bachelor controversy the girl in question rachel kirkconnell i think that her comments were they came across really sincere and since then she seems to be doing the work. She's using her platform to amplify important information. Um, she's highlighted a lot of Asian hate crimes, which unfortunately have been sweeping this country and seems to be 
learning and sharing what you've learning with other people. So that's, mm -hmm. that's good, right? Like if it is just PR, whatever, I don't think it is. But even if it is, I think she's, she's doing that right and growing from that. And she wants to demonstrate that she is. And then there's other examples, like Nate, you and I have talked about this, but not on the podcast where there was a journalist in DC and she had some really horrifying tweets from not too long ago. And she didn't seem to be really sorry about it. Um, but I don't know how I feel about holding tweets accountable. I don't know. It's no, messy. No. It's messy. People should be held accountable. I think we all agree. But justice exactly. culture is different from like cancel culture. Yeah. So I am waiting to see what happens on the next mm -hmm. season of The Bachelor because now I'm interested. <laughs> and Oh, Chris Harrison's not returning. I can tell you that right now. He's not returning. Yeah. I just um, wonder like, who is it going to be? You know, I'm very curious. So, um, and same thing with Sharon and Piers, like there will be somebody replacing them. And I'm curious how these networks navigate yeah. the lessons learned, you know? So um, that was an amazing recap of our first 10 episodes. We did a lot. It was so different and diverse. Like we were all over the spectrum here. Yeah, I loved it. And we did some great market research because of it. And Mm -hmm. We are excited to take a break because life we predicted would pick up around March and April of this year and it was yeah. not a lie. Um, so we definitely want to take a deep breath, get back to what we get paid to do and um, <laughs> yeah. just give us chances to settle. I know, Sana, you're on the move again and I'm... I'm about to gain a roommate soon. My boyfriend's moving in. So oh we just need time to be present and acclimate to all the new things. And the mm -hmm. pandemic is hopefully coming to an end. So we want to have time to experience all that and think through season two and come back with a whole new attitude, if you will, <laughs> and right. vision for our next 10 episodes. I mean... We got such great feedback and it's so fascinating to see that we put so much time and careful planning into, you know, our drop a pin series and our mental health one, but you guys loved Bridgerton and the, you know, the dating in COVID. So that's something we really need to sit, reflect on and come back with because we want to be a place where people pop in, like you're brushing your teeth in the morning or whatever. And, you know, um, listening to us and that it's fun. So yeah. We're going to reflect on all of that. And so please keep sending us your feedback and we will come back. I don't know when. We don't even know when right now, but we'll be back for sure. This is too much fun. For sure. And on that note, we will be on social media in the interim. So please do tune in. Our Instagram, I would say, is our most updated platform, but we're also on Twitter at TrendLinesPod, Facebook and Instagram at TrendLinesPodcast. And you'll be the first to know when season two begins if you follow us on those channels. So this is just bye for now. And we are signing out for the summer. See you later. Bye. Can you hear me eating peanut butter cups or drinking water? Can you hear any of that? I can't hear it, but it doesn't mean the microphone can't hear it. Oh.